Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I am Ricky. And I'm Sean. And welcome to the second half. We're one week closer to a year. Yeah. yeah. One more so week and it's a year. I know, dude. 51. Oh, I was so glad I was able to do that last week for episode 50 and come up and hang out and do the live recording with you. But before anything else, would you like to know? I've already contacted the winner. But would you like to know who the winner of our 50th episode giveaway was? Absolutely. It is our good friend, Mike Becker. Yay! Big, I know, dude. When I when I put all the names in and I hit it and Mike's name come up, I, I was like, there's good job, uh, random.org. You, you picked a good name right there. Very loyal listener, always ready with a good conversation. Has just incredible feedback and such great knowledge of the stuff. And I'm so so glad that uh, he won. Now, here we go. A full list of what I will be shipping out to Mike this week. It is in the first... There are three boxes. (laughs) The first box is going to hold the Rogetti uh, GoPro Slopes. Along with the Super Mario SH Figuarts. Uh, that you were able to hook us up with, dude. The second box is going to have the Hot Topic exclusive Naruto Six Path and Mega Man Retro GameStop exclusive. And then the third box will have the GameStop exclusive Glow in the Dark Spring Trap from Five Nights at Freddy's along with the Metallic uh, Yellow Power Ranger GameStop exclusive as well. So that sounds amazing. I hope hope he enjoys those. And I'm just can't wait for the next giveaway because it was fun trying to gather up stuff. When you do a giveaway, you got to be like, well, what if this person likes here and this person likes here? So I think this covers a wide array of giveaway items. I hope they're all enjoyed by Mike. And like I said, I hope to get those out as soon as I can this coming week. Yeah, that's exciting, man. I'm I'm so happy for him. I just uh, I sent him a grats right now. So, what have you pre-ordered? That's not a video game because this surprises me. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. I, I'm not big on pre-ordering, but you I, and I've been away from this for a while. I used to be, you know, the cell phone connoisseur. I was always yeah, the, you did the the every but but see, I was limited because I was the Apple fanboy. You know, I had all iPhones. From the original all the way through, oh, the 5S. And after the 5S, I made that swap to Android, and there's no going back. So, what did I pre-order? This morning I got up, and I am trading my Nexus 6. Uh, We'll go on the back burner and just be a backup phone, because I pre-ordered the Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus. Good lord. And... I know, and because I ordered it through T-Mobile, who has been awesome to me so far, I I know there's people that have issues with all cellular carriers, but T-Mobile's always been great to me. You get the brand new Samsung VR with controller. You get a set of AKG headphones, or earbuds, if you want to call them, and then you also get a 
256 gigabyte SD card. And note, the phone automatically has 64 gig built in. So day one, I get 320 gig on my phone. Good. I'll, I'll never fill that up, ever. Yeah, okay. Let's let's not, have we not learned to not make that promise anymore? I mean, come on. I remember in college when me and my buddy figured out they hardwired a gig of RAM onto a computer and we were like, oh my God, that's the most powerful thing in the world. How could they have done that? I'll say this. I, I have a 32 gigabyte oh my uh, God. Nexus 6 what are we gonna do I've never with, filled it up. What are we going to do with a terabyte drive? Oh my God. Oh man. Hmm. Yep. So those were the I really, days. I, I really uh, can't wait. I was excited about being able to pre-order that. I think it'll be good, man. The the phone just looks incredible. It's uh, four gigs of RAM. It's got one of the top processors on the market right now for Android. Uh, I think they said it clocked in somewhere around two point three seven gigahertz. It, it's going to be incredible. Uh, this that screen that screen is just oh. There's no bezel, man. There's no bezel. It's basically like the edge on the left and the edge on the right. Oh, thank you, Tech News Today. Holy crap. But, dude, uh, people have been using their cameras lately and have snapped a few photos from Infinity War. Did you see these this week? I haven't seen the pictures yet, but this is exciting because... Uh, and that that What I was trying to think of last week, the Black Order... Is of course who we're referring to uh, with, right. with the characters you named. Yep. When I seen these pictures, I was like, "This is what Rick was talking about." Um, if you use take their weapons and the way they're using them in these photos, it looks like we're getting Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight from the Black Order in Infinity War. Yeah, that's exciting. And I know these are newer characters in the comics. Now, I've only read the Infinity Cross uh, trade paperback that those characters appeared in. But I, I kind of liked them. They they had a great look to them, and uh, I, I thought they were they were done well. Um, I, I wonder if Thanos' son is going to be in this, but I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this. I'm not just excited to see anything from Infinity War. Oh. Um, but now... What about DC? I know we always oh. talk smack on DC, but... Oh, not this time. Joss Whedon picked up Batgirl. Whew. Look, that is how you throw a name in the hat, man. That's how you do it. You, you, don't, you don't just, oh, let's find a director. Oh, let's him haul around and look for somebody. You want to be good. You want to turn things around. You want to make DC positive. You go grab the biggest and baddest nerd there is, and right now that is Joss Whedon. Yeah, and uh, you know Batgirl and and Joss Whedon are, are pretty much a match made in heaven. Uh, you know he his writing, female characters. right? His his writing and and his ideas behind Batgirl. And look, I, I know you could sit here and say stuff about Joss Whedon, but I won't because Joss Whedon did one of the most admirable things I've ever seen. Well, in that first Avengers movie, he wrote Captain America as the character Captain America. Not as a, you know, as somebody who believes differently than I do writing Captain America. That is the mark of a good writer. He, He's he, incredible. He, he puts character first. He puts story first. And say what you want to about Avengers 2. 
I, I think it's a good movie. I enjoy watching it. It's not the best Marvel movie, for sure. I know Joss was a little put off by it. But everything I've seen from Joss is enjoyable. It is heartfelt. Oh. And I stand behind this 100%. If, if there's going to be a DC movie, I, I promise I'm going to watch. It's going to be Joss Whedon's Batgirl. Absolutely. I, I am... I would I would fanboy over meeting Joss so bad. Uh, that would be an incredible person to meet, just because I think he's a, like you said, he's a great writer. He he does incredible stories, and not to mention um, from what you see in the social networkings, he's just an incredible person as well. Absolutely, one hundred percent behind this, and cannot wait to watch a Batgirl movie. I'm sure people that own Detective Comics 359 will be really happy that uh, that will happen. Yes. Moving to TV, uh, we know that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back, I believe this Tuesday. Marvel put out that uh, a little trailer showing Madame Hydra will be in this framework, which is kind of a, a dream episode, a, a Matrix type uh, episode that's coming up okay. <clears throat> and uh, it's going to be the the same woman that plays Ada is going to be Madame Hydra. Now we have seen Madame Hydra on the screen before uh, Viper in the uh, the Wolverine movie. Okay. But of okay. course she wasn't, it wasn't Hydra. She was just named Viper, which is technically the same character, but of course they didn't have it in there. So, I'm just, uh, I want to see what they're doing, because it's all going to be Hydra-based, as we've seen on the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where everybody was in the framework. They gave us a little hints about what's going on. Um, I, I do want to see that kind of fleshed out. But uh, what? how do you feel about stories that are, that are dreams in the end? They're fun, you know, as long as they don't do certain things, you know. It's always fun when you, you watch an episode and you're really into it and crazy stuff starts going off and you're like, oh my goodness, this what is going on here? What what is I, I don't understand any of this. And then all of a sudden at the end somebody wakes up and you're like, ha, oh, you got me. It's a dream episode. Patrick Duffy now, wakes up and it's all a dream. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Duffy. Oh, what's Family Guy? <laughs> um, Now what puts me off when they do stuff like this is when the fans have been clamoring for you know progress a story progress a story and then all of a sudden they give us an episode where these huge steps of progression are being made and things are going positively and then it turns out that that's a dream and it's real negative you know maybe the real aspect of the outcome of the episode wasn't what we thought it was those those have the ability just to leave a bad taste in your mouth because yeah. it wasn't done the right way. Yeah, the disingenuous quality of the dream stuff is really hard to get across. Um, I mean, Matrix does it well in that first movie uh, because there's real consequence of what happens in the dream world. Um, and it affects the real world. And the, the separate world stuff is really hard to pull off. I don't know if on... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they they can do it because they haven't pulled some amazing things in a very long time. And it's kind of mediocre. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., at, at first what? at first when we got it, you know, it was great. Everything's great. Right? You know, but we're, we're getting more and more better quality stuff. We've gotten the Netflix stuff since then. 
We've gotten Fox doing Legion, which is one of the best shows I have ever seen uh, on television. And now we're coming back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? Because I know last year when Ghost Rider, you were were doing a live tweet with this, you know, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and having a blast interacting with people and stuff. It, so has it has it dropped that much since then? Well, I'm a Ghost Rider fanboy, of course. So there's a little I, I can just tell you there's a little bit of bias on my end there. And I was really excited right. to see him on TV, but the shows are still kind of mediocre. I mean, they're enjoyable to me, and they're enjoyable to people I know. But I mean, are they pulling in new people? Are they entertaining uh, people who turn on an episode and catch it? You know, and well, building that see, audience. You you actually watch it and have you know I, I haven't watched any of Agents of Shield to enough to speak about at all. Are they waiting for the next Marvel movie to drop before they can progress? How much tie-in <sighs> to Agents of Shield is the MCU, and can they make a progression in storyline without progression in the movie release? No, no. They they got much smarter after their tie-in with uh, uh, Winter Soldier. That movies have come and gone since then and they've they've mentioned a little and went on. I mean, they're not they haven't tied everything up to, you know, this one horse that they got to wait on to move. Okay. Uh, which which is smart on their end. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love like the new director Jeffrey Mace. I just want to see him in the Patriot suit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I, I don't want anything to happen to Mace. I want him to be a character that continues, uh, just like the Ghost Rider. I want the Ghost Rider to come back at some point, just like Deathlock. I want Deathlock to come back at some point. And and Marvel, you're pissing me off not putting Deathlock back in my show. I mean, come on! Oh my goodness! Come on! Put it back! <sighs> exactly. Anyway, now this this does bring me... This ties into the Joss Whedon, and this ties into Marvel. I read an article that Marvel at their, you know, retail summit or whatever Marvel has meeting, uh, one of the industry leaders uh, got up and spoke about how Marvel is doing these things, uh, putting out these issues about diversity, putting out these issues of, uh, you know, minority struggle and that kind of thing. And, you know, mentioned that the sales on those books are not strong and, and they may have to, you know, drop some of that, some of those titles. And this, of course, sent some people into a tizzy saying that Marvel's blaming, uh, you know, put, pushing blame on people because of sales and that kind of thing. And I didn't read it that way. Um, I know this is a touchy subject to talk about, but... You know, whenever you go to a con, uh, who are the people you're seeing? You know, whenever you go to a comic book store, who are the people you're seeing? Who are picking up those comics? And, you know, they're they're not too far off about anybody who listens to this podcast. I mean, I see, you know, a lot of familiar faces there. I don't see, you know, people that some of this stuff is aiming at. Which, are those people reading comics? And, you know, if... It comes to a tough point for Marvel to make a decision because Marvel, of course, is a for-profit business, and they are doing a lot of good things. But I mean, they can't just say, "Oh, well, here's here's something for everybody at the expense of we can't make any money." They can't do it. 
Right. Uh, just like me or you couldn't do that. I mean, they have to make a product that people are going to pick up that's going to sell. And how do they solve that? Probably include more diverse characters in the books that are selling, which would be, which is where they need to go, of course. Uh, it it kind of read like they were going to drop just, uh, a lot of people were reading into it saying they're going to drop uh, uh, the diverse characters, and they're not going to do that. They're not going to drop Miles Morales. No. They're not going to drop Miss Marvel. And those are no. great characters. Um, those and, are two of the best that have come around in years. Yes, and like even Gwenpool, you know, the the sales on Gwenpool, uh, specifically I saw, aren't that good. But Gwenpool is here to stay, folks. It's it, she may show up in somebody else's comic, or maybe partnered up with somebody because you know one of the best pairings that came out of the seventies was Power Man and Iron Fist two books that weren't selling that they put together and made made a great franchise off of. Um, Absolutely. You know, but I, I don't like people reading reading a lot into and, and, and making clickbait. This is why I don't like Facebook. This is why I, I, you know, old man, get off my lawn, don't like the internet that much. I like it for the reasons I like the internet, but other people's reasons kind of, kind of disturb me. Um, mm-hmm. But, Sean, what do you think about that? Oh, I, you know, I could reiterate what you say, what you said, but in this day and age, there, there's a, like you said, clickbait is horrible stuff, and I, I can take any sentence or whatever and take it out of context or infer what somebody else that I have no idea, I wasn't there when they said it, I wasn't there when they wrote it, but if I infer what they really meant and then write an article saying that, well, this is what they really meant, that's all just my BS, but if I publish that and somebody reads it, how do they know I'm just talking out my ass? Right. You know, um, it it's tough, like you said, it's a tough position. It's a tough world that we live in nowadays trying to decipher what it is, what what is true, what isn't true, what actually needs to be done in order to create a good business in order to be popular on all levels with many people because trust me marvel does not want to single anybody that would all you know buy one of their comics single them out they want everybody to that will buy a comic to buy a comic that is their goal every morning they wake up wanting to sell comics so they're you know they're not purposely alienating anybody because why would when your goal is to make money why would you alienate somebody off your out of you know revenue right Uh, yeah it's a it's a frustrating world we live in and i i can personally say i'm glad i don't have to make those type decisions oh yeah yeah ah but speaking of great decisions, uh, happy stuff. Oh my goodness! Let's let's save the best for last. Let's talk about the It trailer first. Now, did you oh. did you watch the miniseries It? First of all, I I watched it while it was on TV. I remember watching it on TV. Oh yeah, so did I. Uh, it it was incredible. I had seen the previews coming up for the you know how they'll start teasing what's coming up. Um, before, and I believe that was a ABC summer four part miniseries, correct? I, I think so. That sounds right. I had read the book just before. And let me tell you, it was the scariest book and the show was just as scary. It was one of those where I was watching. And I'm like, 
this translates. This is so scary. This is what I was picturing in my head while I was reading this. And the movie, the new movie, have you seen it where they link it up? The old trailer compared with the new trailer right on top of one another. I haven't this I haven't is, watched it yet. I did I did see the video uh, come up in uh, on YouTube as trending, uh, but I didn't have a chance to oh, watch it before the podcast. It is a true remake. We are getting a true remake, not a eh, we're going to do a skew reboot. If this trailer is anything like the movie, we are in for a scare fest and I cannot wait to watch this. I just I just don't know if I can do the first part having a kid now. Uh uh the brother, I just don't know if I can handle that. But uh, it's gonna be. That's what makes it. That's what's going to sink you into it. But let's let's talk about that first miniseries. Now, this was something. You know, we had Stephen King stuff. I mean, you knew Christine, and you knew uh, Salem's Lot, and then Stephen King Ujo. had TV miniseries come on. We're all like, "What TV miniseries? It's not a movie." And, uh, you know, it had... Um, John her, Ritter. Right. Uh, John Ritter. Uh, Tim Curry was the was the uh, the clown. Pennywise. Pennywise. Yep. Uh, and I've told you I won a contest by, by knowing the theme song to this. But... Um, that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know... I never understood the fear of clowns until I watched Stephen King's It. And I'm not afraid... It's still not afraid of clowns. But if anything made me understood it, it was this. Um, and it was really, really great because it, it's told in two parts. It's told in the the uh, the the town people, the John Ritter, you know, people as children, and then them as adults coming back to this. And that makes me think this movie is going to be a two part movie because I saw no adults. I saw all children. Now, of course, they could have not showed the adult parts, and it could be one movie. That's fine. But if they break it into two movies, I, I think that would be smart. Oh, see, you said that. I didn't even think about that. And now I, 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 want, I don't want it to be two parts, man. I, I just want one movie. Stop stop trying to penny and dime me out of a movie. <laughs> even though even though it's going to be a great story. And, and I totally understand that, you know, the, the first one was probably four one-hour parts. And this one's going to be, you know, two two-hour parts. I, I I totally get it, but oh, I, now I see that, and now you've got me thinking about it. And I bet you're right. I bet we get an it part one and it part two. It just sounds very reasonable. Well, it ma- it makes sense. I mean, for that for that movie, and I'm not a big fan. Like The Hobbit, no, that's one movie, sir. I'm very sorry. Fix that. Yeah, Stephen that. King's It. I can very easily see two movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um. Now, Game of Thrones teaser was put out there, and oh my gosh! <laughs> <coughs> now, and it shows Khaleesi at uh, Dragonstone, and, and I'm Ugh. excited about that. You know, the Jon Snow and Cersei. And Khaleesi all, you know, walking to their thrones. You know, it looks like it looks like they're, you know, all staring each other down at the end. Oh, it's so good. Now, now, what do you think about at the end? Cersei's the one that breathes out cold. I, I we watched this and I look at my wife and I was like, 
You don't think they made Cersei have a made a deal with the Walkers? Like I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if they're rational beings, but why was she the one that had blue eyes and why did she breathe out cold breath? I was like, uh, I don't know. No, I just think winter has come to, uh, that's what Michelle said. She's like, no, I think it just means winter is here finally. But, but at the same time, I I read into it. I I wanted to be like, why, why did that just show up on hers? (laughs) Right. And as you remember, like early on when Khaleesi has the vision after uh, after Khal uh, Drago died, she has the vision of her walking to the Iron Throne in the middle of winter. Of course, the roof is gone and it's snowing, but... I imagine that'll happen after a dragon battle. Yeah. Uh, and we got some news about Akira moving forward with... Uh, a stay- Jordan Peele. Get Out's Jordan Peele. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I listened to an interview with Jordan Peele. I think it was on the Nerdist. Um, and good, good grief. You know, this guy, you know, half of a of a two-part comedy act, you know, Key and Peele. Right. So, such a down-to-earth, I get this guy director. I mean, listening to him... It's like listening to you talk, Sean. I mean, I feel what you're saying, uh, what he's saying. I I mean, down-to-earth guy, understandable guy, who knows movies and who knows how to make make stuff happen. I think Akira will be in good hands with Jordan Peele. Absolutely. I'm just happy. How many years have we heard Akira this? I I bet a year has it went by that... Akira didn't show up at least in one headline throughout a year in, in something, a discussion. Is it moving forward? Is it not moving forward? This is the first time we've actually had a full step forward in a long time. And I think it's in good hands because that is a that is a very precious anime to try to cover. Right. Um, speaking of precious subjects... Let's talk about the Spider-Man trailer. Oh, oh the Spider-Man trailer. Uh, I loved it, man. I mean, obviously, I, I, I watched it multiple times. I tried to go through and figure out what was going on. It looks incredible. The, the story just looks like it's going to be so much fun. There, obviously, there's going to be some tension between him and Tony, which is going to be awesome. Like, because c- you know that that's like his mentor. You know, that's his idol. Peter Parker loves Tony Stark. It's just the way it is, and I, I cannot wait to see how this plays out. Right, and that's a very smart dynamic to play off of. That uh, you know, uh, him being such a big fan and him being, you know, disappointed. Uh, Tony being disappointed in 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 Peter, I mean, it's such a great thing to play off of, especially in in the Spider-Man movie, and to limit Iron Man's presence in the movie. Of course, Tony's going to say, you know, he he's going to he's going to try to keep him safe by staying away from him, and we're going to have a great time because of that. You know, him not having the suit in in the in the hoodie and and the goggles. Uh, the sh- the shocker being in there, and let me tell you, I-, I was not on board with the vulture. 
I am now completely 100% on board with the Vulture. Everybody else, be damned. I, I like the suit. Oh, and it I looks love, incredible. I love Michael Keaton being in this role. I love Michael Keaton. Dude, he, he just looks incredible. The suit looks awesome. And before we move on, dude, I just have to bring something up because I know you probably pay a little more inten- attention to Easter eggs than I do. Did you know that we got the info on damage control in Iron Man 1? Um, I'm listening. Okay. The scene before Tony goes out to give his speech at the end that uh, uh, Coulter gives, you know, Tony's like, here, Coulson. we made up the... Colson, sorry, not, excuse me. Yeah, not Ann Coulter, not her. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, excuse me. Yeah, Colson uh, gives to Tony and says, you know, do this. The TV in the corner, somebody screenshotted it. It talks about damage control was the one contracted to do the cleanup and i was like holy crap we knew about damage control before this this is just awesome you gotta love marvel continuity i don't know about that i mean that could just be because the there is a phrase damage control it just says damage control officials right damage control officials I, i believe it's talking about the company damage control well, or they, be, or they could just be talking about damage control. Actual damage control. <laughs> but I believe the C is capitalized as well, so therefore it would be a company. Uh, well, it's all in caps. All the well, words are... Well, you're, you keep stumping me here, so I, I, you could be right, but at the same time, I'd like well, to Well, no, don't get me they, wrong. They knew don't get me wrong. I want it to be damage control as well. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know if they were that smart. <laughs> right. It could be, but you know, obviously, damage control is going to be a part of this movie, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I believe I heard it mentioned. Um, oh, it's gonna be awesome! Th- this whole trailer just looks incredible. I cannot wait to see that ship scene on an IMAX screen. And an ah. IMAX screen, because I'm gonna watch it in IMAX. Well, why don't you just come down here and watch it in IMAX with me? Oh, I don't know, because I'd have to drag four people and uh, drive no, million, millions of miles. and Not not if you sneak away in the middle of the <laughs> night. Yeah, because as a married person, you can do that very easily. Just sneak away in the middle of What are you doing? I'm going to go watch a movie. Are you? Yes. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> but, dude, guess what I've been doing this week? Last month. Monday, I started my trial run of Marvel Unlimited. Oh, what you got? Dude, I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I like the fact that I can just open it up, go find some comics that I haven't read, and I don't have to worry about taking care of them. I don't have to worry about where I set them down or anything. It is a real convenience and I've enjoyed it. I think I've powered through five issues. I've never read, uh, I believe, the 2015 Immortal Iron Fist. I hadn't read it. I'm about five issues in, and I am loving it. It is, it's freaking McDonald's, man. I'm loving it. Um, it reads great on my phone. I'm able just to, you know, set the page just right on my phone where I can just swipe left. Right, top, bottom, read what I need to and move on. And let me tell you, you start doing that, you can power through some comics. It it has just been really fun. Um, I went back and 
read some older stuff and just looked really I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I'll keep it. I honestly don't know. Um, you know, it's an extra $10 a month. So, eh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens on day 29 of my 30-day trial. Well, that's good because I've got some recommendations. I wanted to talk about the most impactful comics that you've read. Um, okay. And, and I have some examples like... Um, Uncanny X-Men, uh, 137, you know, the death of the Phoenix. Um, there's, a, everybody's fighting, you know, for their lives. They're trying to defend Gene. You know, the, everybody's almost, or, or is going to die trying to save Gene from, you know, this, this fate. And Gene takes her life into her own hands and, and, and ends it as the Phoenix right in front of, uh, Scott. And it's just a great story. It's John Byrne at the peak of his power <laughs> in, 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 uh, writing and in, uh, art. Um, and just, just really impacted me the first time I was able to read that issue and own that issue. Um, you know, death of captain Marvel, such a great story. I mean, Oh, uh, you, you know, I haven't read it. I, I want to read it, but I, I just haven't had time to, to go out and find a copy that is, I need to buy. I need to see if that's on Marvel Unlimited. If it is, I'll read it this week. Now, uh, let me ask you this: Have you ever have you seen anything from it? Do you know any part of Cap- the death I, of Captain I do, Marvel? I do. I do. I know enough <laughs> to to piece it together. I've seen the pages where you know the the superheroes are lined out of the hospital, just in line waiting to go pay respects. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things in there that really hit you as a fan of co- uh, comics. One does involve Spider-Man and the Thing. Another one involves um, the scrolls. That's that's really good. I mean, um, Rick Jones is a big part of this. You know, him and uh, Captain Marvel were, you know, had basically his sidekick for a while. Um just a really great story about real world problems in in the Marvel universe, um, and of course one that's near and dear to my heart and was featured in in Captain America: Civil War is the the uh, uh, River of Truth quote from Amazing Spider-Man five thirty seven in in Civil War. You know, you right. have to plant yourself like a tree beside the River of Truth and tell the whole world, "No, you move." Just a great absolutely moment you read it comic you remember um and, and of course that it was so so well planted in the in in the comics that it made it to the movie as well um right. was there anything for you that you have anything you know, I, i've thought of a few uh obviously before the podcast we were discussing and i said you know the most impactful thing that happened when i was actively reading comics was the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to think, you know, that was huge. I remember the buildup and all of us going and my friends and I, you know, uh, obviously I don't believe you and I even knew each other then. No. My friends and I would always meet at Paper Chase, com- uh, you know, books and read through the comics and get those and pick those out. And it was just such a big buildup that when it happened, it was definitely an epic ordeal. And I was thinking of other comics that had, you know, made that big an impact. And I don't own it, but I have read through it. And one comic that I guarantee you is impactful has to be 
the 9-11 Spider-Man comic. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've got that trade paperback somewhere. It's called Revelations that has that. And, uh, you know, 9-11 being such a touchstone, I, I don't know how DC addressed it, but Marvel, you know, being in the middle of New York uh, and that kind of thing, that comic... Uh, it's uh, it's hard to it, read. It'll make grown it, men talk. It is hard to read through because right? it it is done so well, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of a lightning in a bottle feel of of that time in America. I, I don't think I've read another comic like that, and that that is a very very exactly what I was what I was talking about whenever I thought of this yeah. subject. I wish I had the issue number in front of me, but I do not. But yeah, that's that's exactly it. Great job. Absolutely. Yeah, I was glad I, I was able to pull that one out. Now, I did want to talk about, not everybody in the world these days went to a video store, but mm-hmm. we did. And there, we did. There, was a, there were movies that you didn't get, but you walked past every time, and you saw the box art every time. What movies, when I, said, when I, when I explained that, what movies hit your mind whenever? What box art do you see in your mind's eye whenever I ask this question? You, you know, you—that's funny, and I didn't even think about it. But you just said, "What movie pops in your head that cover art?" You know, uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, incredible it, box art on that. And it's always the horror movies. <laughs> oh, they, like I mean, no, don't get me wrong. There's Daryl. You know, where the kid yeah. on the front talking to the like it's the Jetsons on the computer screen, and you're oh, yeah. you're like, what is this movie? <laughs> and yep. uh, like the the cover of Chud, uh, the color of uh, cover of Ghoulies House oh, yeah. with that zombie hand turning the knob, uh, the people oh. under the stairs. Uh, Love uh, those Night oh, of the Living those. Dead. Mm-hmm. You know that that cover of that. I mean, just. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of. I mean, what, what are yours? You'd think there would be quite a few that just pop out in my head, but you named a ton of them right there. Because obviously, Chud is a huge one because you picture that manhole cover and those eyes just peeking up. And then Ghoulies is the one where they're in the toilet, right? Yeah, yeah. They're coming up out of the toilet. Yeah, just ridiculousness. And, and see, that was almost what it was like. It was uh, shock art. To make you pick it up and go, hmm, what is this? Right, and the, the horror, the horror section pulled, pulled it off hands down. You know, that, you, like you didn't Rick Moranis, see... Little Shop of Horrors kind of thing. Oh, incredible! I loved Little Shop of Horrors, but you know, it, it had to be definitely tougher for the guy that was like, "All right, we want you to uh, write some good cover art for you know, name a '90s drama movie." <laughs> And you're like, oh my goodness, what am I supposed to draw here? You know, that it has to be definitely more difficult for those guys. But then again, those movies didn't, uh, they don't attract the type of person that is drawn in by box art. Right. And, and it's not just, just horror movies. I mean, you've got like Jewel of the Nile and Romancing the Stone, you know, that kind of Indiana, Indiana Jones inspired action. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there are other examples of that. And, and, and really, movie box art is, is what I'm talking about here. Um, I mean, they, they just don't do it like that anymore. You don't get Drew Struzan, uh to do box art anymore. You don't have your 
uh, painted, you know, uh, a demon coming out of the box art. You don't have your, you know, supercar, uh, uh, you know, uh, like Nightmare on Elm Street. You don't have Freddy tearing his face off with all the characters underneath him kind of thing. Um, you know, and I really do kind of miss that aspect of it. That's that's a really nostalgic thing. You know, if you walk into Walmart or wherever you buy movies these days, yeah. nothing really stands. It's just Photoshop. All yeah. it is. Yeah, they they take the movie poster and they uh they dumb it down a little and they throw it on a DVD and ship it to your local Walmart. The end. There's really not much care taken to it anymore. <clears throat> yeah, but. A local haul. This was yours this week, buddy. You said you got a bunch of stuff. Dude, I did. Oh, and, and you know me. As of right now, it, it's Funko Pops. But uh, this week I was able to pick up a my first for me. Now, Michelle has some of the larger pops. You know, I, I before I start, I did not find a 10-inch Groot. God help me. I did not find a 10-inch Groot. I have searched. There is not one in a Target in the state of Arkansas. I have searched. I've used BrickSeek and searched the entire state, and we just don't have any 10-inch Groots here. But what I did find was the Archon from Mass Effect Andromeda. I also picked up Ricky Bobby, which I've been wanting for a while. Yeah, I love Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me. I'll be Ricky Bobby. Something uh, that's close to both of our hearts. I was able to pick up four of the Tekken Pops. And I picked up Heihachi, Kazuya, Jin Kazama. And thank you to the person that pre-ordered Devil Jin Kazama and did not go pick it up within the time frame. Now I own Devil Jin Kazama as well, which looks incredible. I freaking love this pop. I, 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 brought it home and I told Michelle I was like I really I really wish I was one of those out of the box collectors because I want to take this one out of the box but at the same time I'm like I know the moment I do I know how to put it back properly but I also know how my life goes and there's liable to be a two-year-old or a dog involved with an accident and I don't want to see that happen (laughs) (laughs) but that that's really all I picked up was you know a few pops uh, I was so excited to find those Tekken ones and real excited to find the Mass Effect. Just uh, and, and that's about it for this week. Well, my local haul um, is all Transformers all the time this week. And I'm so sorry. I know everybody's tired of hearing that. But uh, I ran into some great deals. Um, on eBay, I got a 1985, and I had this, uh, Puffy Sticker album and they, they are they are the uh lenticular uh stickers you know they they have the uh the toy and then you turn them another way and then it's the box art yeah and, and it's the big thing you could stick them to and of course it had a little flip book you can stick the stickers inside and it's just great uh great design from the 80s i, I really love in fact one of the things i do in my in my spare time is i recreate uh, this Transformers kind of box art from the 80s. I've got tons of stuff like a... Uh, oh, there's a um, manual that came with your stars uh, base that I've recreated digitally. Uh, I'm working on a bunch of cards um, done in the 87 box style. Um, just a bunch of stuff that I want to get out there in the world and share with people. Um, and I also, just today... 
found one of the hottest things that's out right now in Transformers, um, Six Shot, which is now the the current trend in Transformers right now is remaking the 1987 uh, characters uh, very closely to their original uh, state. This Six Shot is almost a masterpiece version of the original toy. I mean, it does the exact same thing. It has the exact same colors. Looks pretty close to the exact same. I mean, it, it's it's kind of stylized, but it's it, it's beautiful. And I had the original Six Shot toy. I remember uh, Mom got it at Walmart and then went, went to uh, Kroger to do her grocery shopping. And I told her I was just going to sit in the car and play with my toy. And I opened it there and I didn't use the... Because it said, when you got the instruction booklet out, like all the Transformers had instruction booklets, but this one Mm -hmm. said, wait, take the challenge. Can you transform him into all six modes without looking at the book? And I was like, I did it. (laughs) I I spent that whole time. I got to figure this out. And it was a it was a really huge toy, and it, of course it was turned into six different things. And you're like, that's unbelievable! You can't do six different things, and uh, you know, just a good fun time as a kid. And uh, uh, I got the modern version of that, and I'm so happy about it. It, it looks so great. Um, and that's that's all I got this week. No comics. I haven't been around anywhere to get any. Haven't seen any. My my uh, 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 flea market guys tapped out. My my local guy. He hasn't put any new stuff out, so uh, it's kind of kind uh, of in a slump on the comics. But Trent, dude, I will say this before we move on with local hall. Another uh, shout out for local hall. Did you see what our friend Stevie got this week? Oh no, I didn't. I just checked. I just checked local hall. What what did I miss? <laughs> our, well, well, well. Uh, I don't know if he's tweeted it to here to us yet, but oh, okay. Stevie got Iron Fist. 14. Nice. First appearance of Sabretooth. Oh, man. And it's a beauty of a copy as well. So, congrats to Stevie. Yeah, congratulations, uh, man. That is a that is a pull. Yeah, oh, it looks gorgeous as well, man. I, I seen that this week and I was like, oh, drooling looked great. So, dude, you know, we, we've... Uh, we, we've discussed Dragon Ball Z here and there, and we even had a full discussion about the series itself. But something that is out there that I didn't know about to a few, till a few years ago, and now it has become just part of my life, is have you ever heard of Team Four Star? You, you have spoken about this too. Right. I, I've spoken to you about Team Four Star if you haven't heard of Team Four Star, they are a group of gentlemen on YouTube that have went through and redone all of Dragon Ball Z up through. They are just now up to the Cell games, and they've redone it where it it's more comedic. It's definitely funnier, but it has serious parts as well, and it is just a gem. They give they they don't take any credit for that. There's disclaimers and everything. Please supporting the official release and everything before every episode. But if you want to check out something new, and you're years behind like me, you didn't even know this stuff was out there. Just type in Team Four Star Dragon Ball Z Abridged Season One, 
hit go. There are people that have pieced all the episodes into one playlist. They're like a little over an hour, two hours each. Get sit back and get ready to laugh because it is seriously incredible. The voice <coughs> acting is awesome. The story is hilarious. You, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Z, you're guaranteed to have a good time. And it's just something that I didn't know if everybody knows about that. They they definitely need to check out Team Four Star if you haven't. Yeah, you should. You should. I've told you about it. I know. But this week, uh, we were gonna. Well, I, I thought we might do. Have you seen it again? But then Rick brought up. There's still another big series that both of us have enjoyed thoroughly, and we have not discussed it. And when I was writing this, Rick, I wrote that it could be the sci-fi grail of our generation. What is your take on X-Files? Oh my gosh. Well, let me tell you. I was an X-Files nut. I loved, did not miss an episode of the X-Files. It was... At that moment in time, everything you wanted. I mean, uh, Chris Carter nailed something. Um, and, by the way, co-written by our friend, Mr. Breaking Bad himself, Vince Gilligan. Nice. And uh, X-Files hit that UFO, uh, government conspiracy, um Jesse Ventura, Monsters. who's even on the show, Jesse Ventura Conspiracy, uh, Alex Trebek, uh, just X-Files nailed, nailed it, and craziness, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of crap in X-Files, but there yes. is so much good, I can, I can wash it all away, uh, just David Duchovny and his deadpan delivery of comedy is so so good and you don't think of david duchovny as comedy but he was so funny in x-files i mean you just died laughing and Uh, and and julian anderson was the perfect playoff for him oh yeah she was the perfect foil for him i mean uh, her you know we need science behind this i don't believe in shit you know this is this is we need to prove all this, Mulder. You don't know what you're talking about. You got to have proof for anybody to look at anything seriously, and uh, you know, and that got a little that got a little bad at some points because oh, Mulder, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Uh, you're looking at a UFO, uh, Agent uh, Miss. Uh, what's your face? <laughs> yeah, it's right there it, in front of you. Uh, I need evidence. No, no. Yeah. Okay, calm down. I, I did hate you know that when I originally wrote the the title out beside of it and i had wrote grail of our generation what i had originally wrote was grail of our generation that went horribly awry and yet we didn't care yeah, now when i say yeah, that yeah it, yeah because because i agree i agree go, with you i haven't seen like the last episode i saw of the x-files was the one where they shot a missile at at uh uh cancer man like in right. the, in the Indian reservation, <laughs> like I missed like three whole seasons of it. It it goes so wrong at some points, and yet it was one of those where you're like, I'm gonna keep watching, you know. Like it, 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 you just kept going back for more and more because, like you said, when you get those certain episodes that are just pure gold, everything else that happened before just washes away and you're like, I'm okay with it. Let's move on. 
Right. The, and the movies, the movies, ugh, really just they they really stressed me well, to the, the point of the first did one. I, the first one wasn't bad. Yeah, the first one wasn't bad. The second one, and, and don't get me wrong, I love um, Billy. Uh, what's his name? Crudup. No, not Billy Crudup. Um, <laughs> the Scot, the Scottish guy. Yeah. I know anyway, who you're talking about. I love that guy, and you know I liked seeing him in the movie, but that movie was just weird. That second movie is just freaking weird. Um, yes. Now, when the series came back, I, I liked it. It was pretty good. Uh, especially the episode with the guy from Flight of the Concords, band meeting, band meeting. The guy that does the voice of the uh, uh, Princess Allura's helper on the new Voltron. Yes, like that guy is the the wear the uh, wear lizard or whatever he is. That yes. episode is amazing. That's that's the best episode of all the new ones, right there. <laughs> My wife is like, "What in God's name are we watching? This is not X Files." I'm like, "No, this is perfect. This is X Files being X Filesy." Yeah, <laughs> I love it's this. So good. Which brings you know brings up the question: favorite episode? But we're not going to. be be very diverse on this because I think both of us have the same favorite episode. Well, you you is, you do those. I, I can pull, I, I can pull another one. You know, my mine definitely Jose Chung's from outer space. Absolutely, and, and the partner episode Just, of Millennium that's that has him as oh, well, which I haven't seen, but you have. Yes, but like you said, it, it's just so funny. Just everything from the point of view of a witness. Uh, you know, ha- has seen this story, and you get you get Alex Trebek, you get crazy Jesse Ventura, which even has even more awesomeness with you know his stances nowadays. If you were to go back and you're like Jesse Ventura is a man in black, you're like he definitely is something. He's crazy a little bit. You think was, you may have seen a UFO? In actuality, all people think it is Venus. Yeah, it was something from Venus or whatever. I was oh, I love that episode. Just the best. Uh, my probably second favorite episode of uh, X Files would be uh, uh, probably the Tombs. Um, Victor, you know our, the Tombs guy, the guy that could stretch. Right. Uh, and like, uh, because, oh my gosh, like there are just moments in X-Files, I mean, that are contained within these episodes you have to say are your favorite. But X-Files is just full of these moments, like when Mulder is examining like whatever, like so Tombs like hibernates or whatever, and he touches this thing and, it, and this yellow stuff's on his finger and he's like, what is this made of? And she's like, I think it's bile. And <laughs> Mulder's like, is there any way for me to shake this off my hand quick enough and not lose my cool exterior? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's hilarious. And um, oh, another episode would be where they uh, uh, there's they're logging and they cut down these very old trees and unleash this thing that's been dormant for like a thousand years. I was gonna say that's a great episode like, right there. I think it's like lights out because these things feed like in the dark or whatever. Yes. Um, That's a very good one. There's the the uh, the pusher episodes really stick in my mind. The guy that can uh, uh, the guy that can make you do what you want. The guy who is basically Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. Like yeah. X Files did that. 
Uh, there's yes. like two episodes. Like he, uh, there's the pusher, and then there's another one where they find out he has a daughter, and uh, like so they take him, they capture him, and take him to court. And of course, he talks to the judge, and the judge lets him go. And Mulder is like, he put the whammy on him, and and, and she's like, could you please explain to me the scientific nature of the whammy? <laughs> <laughs> that. Like you said, it's the little <laughs> stuff like that that you're like, this is why I love X-Files. Ah. Because the goofier it got, it almost seemed like sometimes they would find that happy medium of just pure gold. We're going to be as goofy as possible, but they're, we're going to try to take it serious. And it was hilarious. Yeah, the X-Files just... is definitely worth re-watching. Oh yeah, hands down. Especially the first, like, Three episodes or three seasons. First three seasons are just pure magic. Incredible. So, Sean, uh, we're about to wrap it up. What have, what have you got this week? I have absolutely nothing, man. I am just looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to that phone now, man. I can't get over that. I was really excited. And now I have to wait till April 21st. Now, I've got a recommendation. I, I, I sent you a tweet or something the other day about... Now, you love the black costume Spider-Man. Yeah. And I yes. sent you a picture of the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man comic number 13. Him yes. redoing the famous pose from number one, but in the black suit. That looked awesome. Yes. Uh, you don't have that, do you? I don't have that. Uh, you need this. I'm staring at it right now. I will. I will. I will. Next. Next con, man. Next con that we're able to go somewhere together. You you can definitely help me be the eyes, and we're gonna we're gonna leave with some some really good stuff. I now, guarantee you that. We are coming up on a con, aren't we? Um, there is one next week, but I will be unable to attend. Next week is Anime Con, locally. Now, if you're speaking about Little Rock Comic Con, that will be May, I believe. Well, May's, May's coming up pretty quick. Yeah, May is coming up quick. And it it looks to be a great one since, you know, I believe it'll be the, our biggest one of the year since we're not getting a River City Comic Con this year. So, you know, that, that'll be uh, the one to top them all. We'll need to make sure that uh, we save the sufficient funds because we won't be able to save up for another one. So I can't wait, man. I'm excited for that Little Rock Comic Con. I know you're you're excited. Uh, maybe maybe Gary Chalk will give us a, a few words if we can catch him <coughs> on camera. That would be awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, I'm I'm sure he'd have time to say something. Oh, that would be incredible. I would definitely pay for that. Oh, but do you have anything for us this week? Yeah. Um. I just want people to visit. I mean, you don't have to like and share or anything like that, but I do want you to go visit my project I'm working on. And, of course, it is um, at Transformer Card on Twitter. And I'm recreating or creating a new series of uh, cards in the vein of uh, some old Transformers cards that were released in, in 85. Um, and if people could give that a look and, and, and give me some ideas or, or say what you think about it. I, I'd love to hear it. Um, absolutely. That's man. a little side project I've got going on. Uh, what do you got? I got absolutely nothing. All I can say is, you know, if you're looking on Twitter at Rick's cards, 
Go on over and look up Maynard98. That's where you'll find me. Give me a follow. Uh, then hop on over, uh, I believe, on mine. You can click a link and flip you right over to Not So Southern Gentleman's Twitter. Give that a follow. And Rick, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Not So Southern Gentleman on Facebook and talk to either one of us. Um, you know, find us anywhere you are, and uh, you know we'll hit you we'll back. back. We love you. to talk sure. with our fans. So for Not So Southern Gentlemen, I am Ricky, and I'm Sean. <laughs>